Welcome to Urban Hope Community Church's podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today's sermon is titled, Coming to the King, from Matthew 2, 1 through 12, preached by our shepherding pastor, Chad Granger. Those are the Gentiles. Those are who are far off from us and from our God. And I, I, I want to make that statement because with all our Christmas stories and things, they look like kind of benevolent guys, and I think they are good-hearted guys, and I think they are authentically seekers of truth. But the power of this story shouldn't be them following the star and finding something. It should, what should be profound here, these are people that are far off, really off. But a God in deep grace cares and brings them to King Jesus. So one thing we need to know, that there's no one far, too far off, too far gone for God to bring to King Jesus. So these guys, they're, they're, I think they're, they're authentic. I think they're following their ways of the world. And just to, to get more into astronomy, astrology, what does that mean? Astronomy is astro star, namas law. It's the study of the stars, the law of the stars, the order of the stars, the science behind the stars, the math behind the stars, that as the earth rotates, the stars shift, and we see different stars in different seasons, and you can course a direction based off of them. This is how people in in, in the ancient world navigated the seas and the ships, and there's nothing wrong with that. It set them on course. It set them on direction. So astronomy, I don't have a problem with that. Astrology, I do. Astrology, astro, star, logos, word, means trying to look to the stars for the understanding of life, for meaning in life. Trying to look to the stars to interpret life events and meaning in things that happens on earth. Those two things have been separated in our world today, but back then they were together. These guys were masters at both of them. And that's what they're... That's why they were called wise men. In Babylon and Persia, they were the wise men. That's what those kings looked to. And you know, a lot of those those pagan societies worshipped the moon, the stars, the sun, etc. And so I I just want to be aware of that. The correlation to that today might be any of the New Age spirituality that we encounter. There's a lot of people turning to alternative things than to the Word of God. There's people turning to crystals, to sage to chicken bones, to all kinds of things, to horoscopes. Guys, this passage is not amen in that. That stuff's garbage. Get rid of it. You don't need that. Turn to the Word of God, and we'll show you who actually directs these magi to King Jesus. The star led them to Jerusalem, but when they were led to Jerusalem, they were led to the Scriptures. The, Lord, the, the, the star led them to the scriptures, and the scriptures lead them to the Son of God. Well, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Starting back in uh, verse 3, when Herod, the king, so now we're going to Herod. We talked about the Magi. We talked about these wise men. Now we're moving to Herod. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. This is King Herod. He's the Jews. 
when he heard these magi coming to look for the one who was be, to be born king of the Jews, he knew who it was because he, he goes and asks the Bible teachers and the lead pastors where the Christ is to be born. But he doesn't move with great joy. He's troubled. So this should tip us off to the heart of Herod. This should tip us off that something is off with Herod. Y'all want to know a little bit about Herod? It's not a good dude. Caesar Augustus had a saying about Herod. Caesar Augustus said it's better to be Herod's pig than, a, than Herod's son. It's, greater to be, it's better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. Why? Because to protect his own throne, to protect his own reign, Herod murdered three of his own children, his own sons. Why was he troubled? Because these guys are looking for the one who's going to be born king of the Jews. Herod was not born king of the Jews. Herod came into power through murder, through war, through politics, and through power. And he used those things by any means necessary to keep his reign, to keep his rule, to keep his control, to keep his kingdom. So even though he's a Jew, when he hears about the Messiah that might have come, his heart is troubled, and the people's heart are troubled, because when Herod is troubled, trouble is coming. But, but Herod is scheming, and he asks a question, and we need to figure out the motives of Herod, and I want to reveal the motives of Herod. Because again, we're coming to the king, what are our motives? So Herod is trying to figure out where this Christ is to be born. And so let's go back to our scriptures. It says in verse 4, And assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, I like what in translation said, the lead pastors and the Bible teachers. And assembling the lead pastors and the Bible teachers of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This is a prophecy out of the book of Micah. Our call to worship today was this prophecy. This is a summation of Micah 5, 2 through 4. They just summarized it. But let me read that to you. This is Micah 5, 2 through 5. Again, it was our call to worship, and you can find that on page 926. But let me just read the full prophecy so you get where these Bible teachers are coming from. It says in verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancients of days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. Verse 4, And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. This was the Messiah. This was the Christ that the Jews, the Old Testament people of God, should have been anticipating. And Herod was the king of the Jews. And these Bible teachers, 
And these lead pastors knew the scripture. But their hearts were troubled when they got this news. That should be concerning to us. Let's look at what it says. It says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. When things are done in secret, that's kind of sketchy, right? That should trigger us about Herod's motives. And, and we don't get to the rest of the story, but I said Herod was a murderer. Herod is trying to ascertain what the when they saw the star because Herod is trying to determine how much death and murder he's going to have to cause. We find out after this, later on in the passage, not our passage today, that he murders all males up to two years old in Bethlehem. Those are Herod's motives. He's having this secret meeting, and this, this should allude to us the secret meeting that was ha- held by the Sanhedrin with the Pharisees and Sadducees before the crucifixion of this child king that was born. Well, let's keep reading. This is what, after he, he had ascertained where the star had appeared in verse 8, he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Does Herod really want to come to the king to worship him? No. And guys, this is this passage has deep grace for some and deep warning for others. This is this, this paradox that scripture does all the time. Those that you think should come to God, that should be closest to God, those who are of the people of God, of Israel, those who even know the scriptures and are close to the scriptures, they're not the ones responding to the word here. It's those who are far off. Those who are idolaters. Those who are pagans. Those who are Gentiles who are responding to the word of God. The grace in this message, in this passage, should be there's no one too far off for God to reach and to bring to King Jesus. But also there's some of us that are really near to the things of God that are really near to the word of God. We might even know the word of God, but we've still missed King Jesus. And I think there's a litmus test for us in this passage to determine what our motives are. Why do we come to the king? We, they have it right in the passage. We should all come to King Jesus to worship. To worship. And that's why we should come to church. And to worship means to come and give praise and adoration and to acknowledge God for who he is and what he's done in Christ Jesus for us and the gift of his Holy Spirit to help us to live out in this world and this life to his glory. But there's some of us that might come with alternative motives like Herod. Herod said he wanted to worship Jesus, but Herod was just trying to protect his kingdom. Are some of us trying to get near Jesus or through the church because we think we can get something out of Jesus? If we think if we just do certain things, then Jesus will bless us. Are we coming to Jesus like a genie in the bottle? If I just do this and this, he'll get me what I really want. If that's the motive behind why we come to Jesus, we're not coming to Jesus as king. And we're not really coming to Jesus because we want to worship him. We're really trying to build our own little kingdoms. 
We're really trying to protect our own little kingdoms. We're really coming to Jesus just to see what we can get out of him. Why are we to Jesus this morning? What are our motives? And like I said, I believe there's a litmus test here that reveals our motives. You have outsiders coming. You have insiders there. And what is read? The scriptures. The word of God. How do you determine the motives of someone coming to church, coming to Jesus, is how they respond to the word of God. Are their hearts tender to the word of God? Do they want to be obedient to the word of God? When they come to God's word, do they follow it? Those who were far off, they're the ones that heard the scriptures and they followed it. Those who were close, Herod, the Bible teachers, and the lead pastors, they don't make the trip down to Bethlehem. When the word's read, they don't follow it. And we can sit here and we can shake our finger and say, those dummies, if I was there, I would have done that. But that is a warning for us inside the church. Those who have become so accustomed to the scriptures, have we become numb to them? Are our hearts still tender to it? Are we still following it? Are we being lazy like Herod? Bethlehem is only six miles south of Jerusalem. Herod won't even go on a two to three hour journey, six miles south, to try to find out if these guys really have seen a star and they really are coming to King Jesus. And again, we can look at that and we can wag our finger but sometimes we're just as lazy. We have the word of God at our fingertips all the time. And sometimes we want to go to everything else but it. We want to go to podcasts. We want to go to YouTube. We want to go to TikTok. We want to go to Instagram. We want to hear the influencers and not King Jesus and the living God in his holy scripture. We're just like Harry. We're lazy. And sometimes we become numb to the word of God who truly reveals to us King Jesus and where and how to find him. What are your motives in coming to the king? Are they like Herod's? Are they like the Magi? Again, the Magi, there's deep grace here. There's deep grace here for these Magi. Let's move to, to scene two. And our question in scene two is how do we come to the king? What should it look like? And let's pick up in verse 9. Let's pick up in verse 9. After listening to the king, this is King Herod, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. I'm going to stop there. So again, you see a star bring the Magi to Jerusalem. But once they get to Jerusalem, they don't see the star anymore. And they start to ask those in Jerusalem, what do the scriptures say? And they open up the scriptures, and the scriptures say, this Messiah to be born, this king of the Jews to be born, is in Jerusalem. The star leads them to Jerusalem. The scriptures lead them to Jesus. There's general revelation. General revelation is God using creation and all those things that should beckon that he is real and he is out there. 
when we look at the stars, when we look at the moon, when we look at the sun, when we look at the trees, when we look at the mountains, when we look at the ocean, it should say, someone created this. General revelation should say, hey, there is a God, there is a creator. But general revelation cannot lead us to salvation. Only special revelation can lead us to salvation. How do we know this God? How can we come to know him? And that is through his scriptures. God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth. But he's also revealed himself today to us through his holy word, the scriptures. And so I don't want us to get lost that to think, well, maybe I should go, go do the star thing. Because I know there's people really stargazing out there looking for answers. Don't do that. Pick up your word. Your word leads you to Jesus. Your word leads you to understanding of life and how to navigate life. Don't look to the stars. Don't look to the crystals. Don't look to the sage. Don't look to the influencers on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. Look to your word. But you should say, Chad, well, what about this? They've looked to the scriptures. The scriptures point on Bethlehem, but here comes the star again. Didn't the star lead, the star lead them to where the exact place was? Well, let me tell you this. The word of God, there was a question yesterday at men's uh, breakfast. How, do we, how can we hear from God? How do we hear from God? God speaks to us through his word primarily, but he'll give other things to affirm whether it's him speaking to us or not. And so that question was asked. It, it's the scriptures that led the Magi to look to Bethlehem, to go to Bethlehem. The star just affirmed what the scriptures had already said. But God led them through the scriptures. In the same way for us, we might be reading. Cordell yesterday, Cordell was in, in men's Bible study, and he said, I was reading, or not men's Bible, sorry, men's breakfast. He said, I was reading this morning from Psalm 27, and Psalm 27, 14 really spoke to me. And it was talking about waiting on the Lord and being patient. And I really sensed that. And somewhere in men's breakfast, Greg was sharing his testimony, and someone asked Greg advice about something in life, and he said, be patient and wait on the Lord. What Cordell already sensed in reading the word of God, that God was speaking to him, was affirmed outside of that to say, yes, Cordell, I am speaking to you. That's how God speaks. It's always in accordance with his word. Does that make sense? That's what's happening on here. The scriptures lead the magi to Bethlehem. The star is just there to affirm it. And we're about to see how they respond to the star and how they respond to this child that really shows allegiance is switching. Let's look at that next. Where are we? We're in verse... Verse 10, verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. What did they do when they saw the star? They rejoiced with great joy. Look what they do when they see this child. Verse 11. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down on their face, and they worshipped him. These stargazers, these astrologers, they knew when they met King Jesus who he was, and their allegiance switched. They're no longer bowing to the stars. They're falling on their face, and they're bowing. King Jesus. 
that begins to answer how we should worship the Lord. We should worship Him fully and wholly with our whole bodies and our whole hearts. And let's look further at how they worship Him. It says, And they fell down and they worshiped Him. Then opening their treasures, they offered Him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These are gifts fit for a king. These are gifts that were used in royal courts. Gold, we all know what gold is. Gold has always been precious and valuable. What's frankincense and myrrh? Frankincense and myrrh were perfumes or, or oils or ointments that were made out of rare trees in that area, the sap of it. But the main thing is these things were great value in the ancient Near East. They were gifts fit for a king. They were gifts of great value. And what should this tell us in how we worship King Jesus and how these wise men are worshiping King Jesus, they're bringing him their best. When we come to King Jesus, when we come to the king, we should bring him our best gifts. Our best gifts. When we come to church, we should be fed by the teaching and preaching. But our Christianity should not just be consumerism, what we can get, what we can take. We should come to church as the people of God and the body of Christ saying, what can I give? What can I bring? And we should bring our very best. And so we've been studying in 1 Corinthians. We've been studying in 1 Corinthians in the last few weeks. We've been talking about what? Spiritual gifts. One way that we bring our best is we discover our spiritual gifts and we steward those into the body to bring glory to God. We just studied about tongues and prophecy last week, and what's the purpose of them? What's the purpose of all the spiritual gifts? Is it to, to build up your, yourself and to make yourself better and more popular and, and, and more, more eyes put on you? No, it's to build up the church. When you build up the church, you build up the name of Jesus, and you build up praise to the king. Coming this spring on Wednesday nights in our Bible study, we're shifting to study the spiritual gifts. This spring, we're going to do a spiritual gifts assessment, and then we're going to lay out teaching on every spiritual gift that the Bible teaches us about because we want you to know, to discover, and to use your spiritual gifts so that you can bring your best to the king. Y'all know we just lost a valuable uh, member of our staff team, and it's left some gaps. And I just want to applaud some people that have already stepped in the gaps. Uh, Shelby is doing our bulletin now. We need that. Jack is doing our podcast now. We need that. That helps our staff. These are ways that you can serve us as a staff, us as a church, and use your gifts. It might seem small, but it's valuable. And we want to fill in the gaps with more of y'all. And we think that's important. And we think it's good. And we think that's part of you bringing your best to King Jesus. Another thing we want to do in application of this in the new year, uh, we've always been kind of come as you are. And we want to, we want to kill, still do that. Uh, we know we, we, we serve in a particular context, and we don't want anybody to feel ostracized. Um, so we don't want to judge people by clothes or by anything else. But we do think there's something significant about bringing our best and dressing our best and coming to the king. And so one, one way we're going to try to display that in the new year is the first Sunday of each month. What do we do the first Sunday of each month? Communion. We come to the table. 
We come to meet the king. Now, every time we come to worship, we're coming to meet the king. Anytime you bow your head, you're going to meet the king. Anytime you open up the word of God, you're coming to meet the king. But just one way that we want to start doing our best, we want to make the first Sunday of the month to come in our Sunday best. And so, Pastor Chad, I very rarely wear a sports coat or a suit. But Pastor Chad, on the first Sunday of the month, is going to at least wear a sports coat. And so we as staff, we as, we as the worship team, we're going to start coming in our Sunday best, and we encourage you all to do the same. And that's just the first Sunday of the month. But this is one tangible way that we just want to reflect reverence of the king and coming to the king with reverence. Amen? All right, so we, we, we've looked at why we come to the king and our motives. We looked at how we come to the king and bring in our gifts how do we depart the king? How do we depart from king? And we just have one verse here. We just have one verse here. In verse 12 it says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Brothers and sisters, when we meet King Jesus, we do not stay the same. When we meet King Jesus, We leave differently and we live differently. We leave differently and we live differently. And I see this in this text. In this text, they came following a star. But they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. They were hearing the voice of God in that dream. They came following the star, but they left heeding the warning and the voice of God in that dream. Chad, why do you think that's the voice of God in the dream? Well, the passage before this, there's the angel of the Lord speaking in dreams. The passage before this, this might be what Pastor Alton hits on in a few weeks. We got Joseph. Joseph is just doing his thing, engaged to this girl, and uh-oh, she gets pregnant. And he knows he hasn't known her in the biblical sense. And he's like, man, that's whack. What am I going to do about this? And being a, a just and righteous man, he was going to divorce her silently. But then he had a dream. And the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And the angel of the Lord said, no, Mary hadn't done anything. This is of me. This is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit. Marry her. And you name that child Jesus. He's going to be the Savior of the world. And Joseph obeyed. Who met, who met the Magi in the dream? I believe it's the angel of the Lord. What voice are they heeding and listening to now? It's not the stars in the sky. It's the one who made the stars in the sky. It's God. When you encounter King Jesus, you start to hear his voice, and you start to follow his ways, and you start to live differently. You start to live differently. It says they departed by another way. One commentator says he thinks my, uh, Matthew means a lot more than just the literal sense here. He means it more poetically as well, that we leave differently. And he reminds us that Matthew is the one that holds in his scriptures in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking about the wide gate and the narrow gate, or the broad way or the narrow way. And so I want to read that real quick. These are the words of Jesus himself in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. I think... Dion has used this recently in some of our outside studies, and I think actually Pastor Alton referenced it earlier this month in the sermon. But here's Matthew 7, 13, by 14, 13 through 14. 
It says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. When the Magi came to King Jesus, they met the way, the truth, and the life. And they fell down on their face and they worshiped him. When the Magi were coming, they were coming following the stars. They were in the broad way of destruction. When they left, they left through the narrow gate, going the narrow way, listening to God's voice, and they left and they lived differently. So should I, you and I. So should you and I. And again, brothers and sisters, there's deep grace in this passage. We should all be amazed by God that can reach idolaters, those so caught up in the world and looking for truth in all the wrong places. We serve a God that is rich in mercy, rich in grace, rich in love, that he will even use those that probably are worshiping the stars, and he uses the star to bring them to the scriptures, to bring them to his son. That's amazing grace. And that should move us all. And he did all. If you're truly in Jesus and you've truly met him, he did that for you. But there's deep warning. Some of those close to the word, some of those that grew up in church, some of those that have been around the traditions of the church their whole life, they're still blinded. They're still not heeding the word of God. They're still not listening to the word of God. They're still not living by the word of God. Because I don't think they've really met King Jesus. This Advent season, let us come to the king. Let us come to the king with true and pure motives to worship him. Let us come to the king bringing our best gifts. And let us leave and depart from the king differently, living differently than the world around us so that we might be beacons to the king, to an unbelieving outside world because our God is a God that loves those. And there's still some of his people out there. Just like we were once outside. He wants to bring some outside inside. And even there might be some inside today. This is a reminder. If you have missed King Jesus, it's not too late. Heed his voice. This king that was born 2,000 years ago is the one that died on that cross for you. And he did that for you and me. Let us this Advent season come to him anew. And be refreshed. And to be renewed. And to be more obedient and more sensitive and tender to his word. And some of us, let us come to him for the first time. Let us leave differently for the first time and turn over a new leaf to this coming king that we've met. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that um, you continue to lead us continue to have us see King Jesus in fresh ways, that you continue to keep us, our hearts tender to your word, tender in that we hear it, we feel it, and we live it, and we're obedient to it. Help us to come to King Jesus with pure motives, with true 
worship, bringing our best gifts. Help us to discover those gifts in this upcoming year and bring those back into the body for your glory. Help us to live differently in the world for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining Urban Hope Community Church's podcast, and thank you for joining to listen to today's sermon from Matthew 2, 1 through 12, preached by shepherding pastor Chad Granger. If you want to listen to past sermons or need any additional resources, please visit our website at urbanhopecc.com.